Welcome to another edition of Seahawks Hang Time. I am one of your hosts, John Ryan, joined from Washington, my other co-host, Greg Woodman. Welcome, oh, Greg. Oh, my nailed God. That. I nailed that. It. I nailed it. <laughs> I was practicing my head. I was like, I'm going to nail this one. That one was killer. That one was killer. Dude, all it took was a week off, and uh, yeah. it got it. N- done. What's um, up, man? Well, just got out of bed. You look a little, di- well, more than a little disheveled. <laughs> you guys can't see me, but I look good. I'm having some cat problems, keeping us up late. What <laughs> What do you mean by cat problems? Well, we don't want to talk about it just yet and still, you know. Okay. But yeah, we'll, we'll update you next week. Well, we the can. kids the kids are restless. The kids restless, and and uh, it looks like you aren't sleeping. <laughs> welcome, <laughs> well, welcome to being a parent, Greg. What's what's going on in Eastern Washington? Isn't it like minus five hundred? It is uh, apparently a polar uh, bomb cyclone. It is uh, oh negative God. negative seven today, with expected wind chill to negative twenty five. Oh my God! But you got you got home from L.A. Okay. We made it home. We made it home just fine. And then the day after we got home, it a uh, big snowstorm came in, and it is super cold. And what's really exciting is today, uh, out of all days, we are going on a Santa cruise. Oh god! So we get to go on a cruise ship in Wait, this. It's going to be amazing. It's indoors, right? Uh, I mean, there's an indoor on the boat, but it's on a boat on Lake Coeur d'Alene. Oh my god! Well, the indoor part is going to be on on high demand. You better get there early. Uh, yeah, absolutely. This is we do this every year, and it has never been this cold. It's pretty cool, actually. They we go, you get on the cruise, and you they have all kinds of lights uh, around the Coeur d'Alene Resort, and then they take you to it's the owner of the resort's house, and there there is a huge like forty foot Christmas tree. And then Santa's there, and he reads the nice list, which is all the kids on the boat. And then there's <laughs> uh, there's some fireworks and a song, and it's pretty cool. It's we do it every year, but this year it's going to be real cold. Oh man! Well, I mean, that sounds fun though. I would do something like that. I did something like kind of like that with the house goes on Boa Island, but it's more like a walking tour where you walk around and you you see all the houses and you smuggle a glass of wine. Sounds about right. They, this they serve alcohol on the boat, which is I, awesome. You think you'd have to? That'd 100%. be a mandatory thing. I was just looking at myself right now, and do you remember the scene in Something About Mary where she gets the grease <laughs> in her hair? <laughs> you guys can't see me right now, but that's literally what I look like, Cameron Diaz. Dude, it is. Thing, oh, like that. oh my god, that's amazing. I don't, how, I don't even know how that's standing up on its own right now. I don't that's what either. She said. <laughs> <laughs> so you made it through the weekend. Uh, made it through you, the weekend. How how was your weekend? Our, ours was okay. Uh, we we joined you. If just so everyone knows, John had yeah. his annual Christmas party. We my we annual joined. Christmas party. And Greg, thanks again for coming. It means a lot to me. I know it's it's hard. We've had, we had people come this year from Dallas, Philadelphia, Canada, Eastern Washington, Western Washington, and Portland. Yeah, that's awesome. It was really awesome. But I know how big a deal like. To get babysitters, to take a, get the air air flights, air flights, that's what they call them, right? <laughs> to get air flights, <laughs> to get hotels, it's a big effort, so it means a lot to me that you guys all come. And Greg, I think you've been to more than anyone going back to Seattle days. You've been to my holiday party almost every year, so thank you, buddy. But Dude, it was awesome. Um, it was a big, it's always a big thing. 
It, it, it's months of prep for me, and I we had over a hundred people at our party this year, and we kind of had a little kickoff on uh, Friday night. Had some people over, and uh, that went on too long. Went on till about three in the morning. Went on went on beyond when you left, and then the Christmas party. I was here's what I was doing. <clears throat> Around midnight, a whole group of people left. Then it left like the the hardcore. About fifteen people left, and there was like karaoke, uh, singing. Blah blah, and then around two two thirty, all those people left. And then it was just me and my buddy till like five thirty in the morning. And this is, this is first of all, <laughs> retirement is exhausting. You guys, I've been up till five thirty in the morning since ever. Okay, this this retirement thing is absolutely killing me. So Saturday or Sunday morning was the World Cup. So at yep. five thirty in the morning, we're like, okay, because we we had another party to go to at eleven a.m. Oh. So at five thirty, like okay, let's go take a one hour nap and watch the World Cup. That's a great plan, right? That it, works yeah. every time. It, it works every time. So I roll over and it's eleven a.m. <laughs> and my phone is just blowing up, like greatest World Cup ever, greatest sporting event I've ever seen in my life. This was amazing. What do you think, John? I was like, ah, oh, motherfucker, <laughs> slept right through it. Oh, and also, Greg, we talked about my my neon signs that were going to be the big smash hit at the party. Well, they arrived yesterday, three oh. days late, but they're awesome. I'll show pictures of them later. But the uh, Merry Christmas, you filthy animals, pretty awesome. But it was um, a successful party. I thought. Absolutely. I hope, I hope you guys had fun. Um, here's what I want to talk about: <clears throat> the average age of this party was probably somewhere around fifty. Yeah, maybe late forties. It's kind of like our our friend group. Um, so it, it, it's not like people are in the corner doing ecstasy. Okay, yeah. people are having you know. There's a bartender. There's a wine station. There's an eggnog station. People are are drinking, and some people are drinking a lot, but it's a relatively calm. Hundred and ten people. Yeah. People had sex in the bathroom, Greg. No. Yeah. Oh, you didn't know this? Yes. I don't think people realize that. I was like, how? And you know what, Greg? This is the second time it's happened at one of my parties in the last five years. We, we had a little housewarming party, probably 40 people, and people had sex in the bathroom. Wait, can, people, I mean, two people. Can I ask a question? Yes. Were these people that came together or met at the party? <laughs> they did not come together. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> the, 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 first, the first time it happened, they came together. Two totally different people. But I was just like, everyone probably thought, oh, that's a nice party. Yeah, there was a lot going on, whatever. But I wouldn't have expected anyone to be like having sex in the bathroom. I can't even, that's not even on the realm of possibility. If you gave me 50 guesses to guess <laughs> right? the, something crazy that happened at that party, that is <laughs> that not, I never would have gotten there. Is it something that I give off? <laughs> I, Are Sarah oh. and I you know, giving out some kind of attitude that allows people to think it's okay to do that at our house? Are you? Uh, are we? Are you? Are you naming anyone who was there? Or no, no, absolutely not. Absolutely okay. not. Okay, so I am, my, I'm going to tell us not not from that story, but I got to tell you the funniest thing that happened to us while we were there. So, okay, it, like as we get there, um, we hung out with you on Friday, small group. That was super fun. That was kind of like our time to really spend with you. The party, 
I don't expect anything from you. It's a ton of people from all of you, you know, all over. So, you know, we go with some of the people that we know. But one of the funniest thing happened is there was uh, an actor who was at the party and we were me. Aaron was sitting at a table uh, with a couple of people and he came up and knew the other people at the table. And I, and I think assumed he knew who Aaron was and walked up behind her, gave her a big hug, kissed her on the <laughs> cheek, and then turned around and looked at her and was like, oh, you're not who I thought you were. What, was the actor Michael Rosenbaum? Yes, it was. Yeah. Yes, it was. Well, I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a very big personality. He was he was Lex Luthor on Smallville, but he's a very big personality, and he is never a stranger to anyone. So that, that's really funny. He is super nice, by the way. He sat and talked to us for a long time and just was as nice as could be. Very funny as well. And it's like on Friday night, I have a lot of towners over because I know people make huge efforts to come. But then on Saturday, like 110 people, and it's like inside and outside and upstairs. There's people all over the place. And I'm doing it. Like Sarah and I both do our best to like talk to as many people as we can. But you yeah. always like the next day you feel bad. You're like, oh, I saw that person. I meant to get to talk to them. I never got a chance to talk to them. And they, you know, make all this effort to come to my party. I don't need to talk to them. So have, do you ever, have you ever hosted a big party? And like, I think that's just the way it is for a host, is it not? It, it absolutely is. It re- the the thing that I was wondering though is, do you have any issues or ever any concerns about like when you combine all the different people in your life of like, oh no, what what is this? Because I remember, and this is going back, but like having a, a birthday party where you had like different groups of friends yeah. that you know, some are work friends, some are this, and then you're like. Oh man, everyone's going to get together and have a bunch of alcohol, and I sure hope it goes okay because they're yeah, all well, very different people. This is especially this is like a lot of different groups of like a lot of different groups of people from like my my business in baseball to like my friends in Seattle to guys I played with in Seattle to um, you know my buddies from Canada, Sarah's friends from Philadelphia, and almost always when we do this, everyone kind of like mingles. And it was a really cool story. My buddy Logan this year. We have another buddy named Randy, who Logan just met at the party last year. And so Randy's husband couldn't make it. And he was wearing a shirt that said, why is the carpet all wet, Todd? And then his husband's shirt was going to say, I don't know, Margo. So his husband's sick. So he reaches out to Logan. Apparently they talk on social media. He's like, Logan, you just stand in for my husband. Logan's like, yeah, of course. So he said, it's like two people that I didn't even know ever talked to each other. And they come wearing matching sweaters to the party. It's pretty cool. It's really awesome. And like even one guy us, from San Diego, one guy from Saskatchewan, and they, yeah, I thought that's cool. What and what we like about too is there are people that we know that we look forward to getting to see at the party, you know, knowing that you guys are busy and everything. Like we there's we've made friends that we get to go hang out with and that's part one of the things that we really enjoy about the party too is getting that once a year catch up with them. Yeah, I know you guys have kind of talked to Lindsay and Melanie before and a lot of uh different friend groups coming together. So it, it's always worked out. Um, there hasn't been any fights. There's been sex in the bathroom. Um, so, I mean, some, for some people, it goes really well. The different groups combine really well for some people, almost too well. Like a, like a, like a beer and a beer koozie, just perfectly together. Oh, uh, dude. Well, I will tell you, it was absolutely awesome. And I know I've said this to you before that the amount of stress that you have and all the things that you worry about to everyone else there, it's just like the greatest party. They don't anything that you think is wrong. No one else has any clue. Good, like good. they're just having a blast. I realized this year, though, that it was, it's not really stress for me because I actually enjoy it. It's like an excitement. It's almost like, a, like an adrenaline rush. You know, it's almost like getting ready for a football game where you're nervous, but you're not like it's not like work. 
So I don't no. know. It's- so the the funniest thing for us is so last year when we were there, uh, we hung out and then I think we were it was right about eleven eleven thirty. It was kind of like right in that witching hour of like who's staying, who's yeah. going. Uh, and and my wife didn't exactly pace herself, and so it was kind <laughs> of like we need to go, we need to try to find some food, and uh, and then we left, and so we went and found food this year. I was like, we're not leaving early. Like, we're going to stay. So we went out beforehand, had dinner. Because last year we flew in the day of the party and we right. were running behind. So th- this yeah. year we were there a day, you know, two days early. Um, and so we're gonna like we're gonna go eat. We're gonna like we're gonna make it this year and we're gonna we're gonna stay with that later group. Cause you're like, yeah, we were up till four in the morning or three in the-. and I was like, we're not missing that this year. This year we eat. 10.30, I look at Aaron and I'm like, oh no. Oh, oh really? No. <laughs> it's, time, it's time to go. We didn't even make it as late as we did last year. And then as we were walking, I was like, we need to go. And she was like, no, I can do it. And I'm like, no, it's okay. Don't worry. It's no no big deal. And and I could just see that she just was like, you know, I was like, she needed to go home. And I was like, okay, it's fine. And But she was like, I can, I can turn this around. You wait. And I go, no, we're not doing that. And then, and then, so I just talked to her today uh, before we recorded, and and I and she goes, "Next year, you wait. We're making it next year." <laughs> well, you know, it, you hit that point, and when you're in a big group, you're like, "Oh, I can't be in a big group anymore." Mm-hmm. And the people that can recognize that are are appreciated by the people that. <laughs> and it wasn't even that it's bad. I think the biggest no, thing no, for no. us too is like it just is one of those things. Even for us, where we don't go out that often, so it's like you know, you. Like I said you've not only, or we've discussed this that you're a trained drinker to begin with, but then <laughs> since retirement, you've even put in more time. And so you know, for us, we had a great time, but it, we just laughed. It was like we're gonna stay later, and I'm like, nope, we actually left earlier than we did last year. Oh. <laughs> uh. That's awesome, though. Yeah, it was a it was a good time. Uh, it will definitely happen again next year. Uh, this is kind of funny. It's kind of like that's kind of like Sarah and I's in a way, kind of like a kickoff to our Christmas. We mm-hmm. have the party the week before, have friends and everything, and this and then this week we kind of like deflate a little bit, decompress. But that this is like kickoff, like you know, it's kind of like f the diet, f everything. We still work out, but you know. Last night we went to the our local bar was playing Elf at nine o'clock. Tipsy Cow, which you've been to probably several times oh, yeah. now. <laughs> yep, I think that that became like the meetup point for all the people at our party. Like for like three straight days, we went to Tipsy Cow and met up with people. So one, it's an awesome bar, and two, it is a block and a half from your house. Like <laughs> to have a to have a bar that cool that is a block and a half is yeah. amazing. <clears throat> Dangerous, and the thing is, though, we they had, every Tuesday they play a Christmas movie. So yesterday was Elf. So Sarah and I was like, okay, we usually don't go out even at nine o'clock on a weekday. Like we we're we're in, but it's a block away. We can't we can't miss this. So it was kind of it was pretty cool. But what I realized is the bar was packed, and I think Sarah and I were the only two people specifically there to watch Elf. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's a hard environment when not like what it's a small bar. Probably forty people are, are talking amongst themselves, and you're trying to watch a movie. It's really not the ideal situation. No, I can, oh my god, that's hilarious! I can see all these people are just out there having a good time. You guys, keep it down. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I, I thought people would be more into it. Like, I had like my elf shirt and like everything. I'm like, this is gonna be like, you know, could have like a, a boozy eggnog with the on special, but it didn't quite pan out that way. Tomorrow we're going to some kind of like walking tour of a Christmas light thing. So it, it's 
We're 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 into it now. We're full, full on, on Christmas. I love it. My liver hurts. I actually know where my liver is. It's right under my lip rib cage here on the right side, and it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I guess we can put the Christmas party to bed for another year. Absolutely. We'll we'll do it again next year though. Um, but let's get into a little bit of football. I don't want to talk about the Seahawks too much because <laughs> wow, Ooh. the last two weeks those what is it? You know, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, five days. The season kind of evaporated in those five days. To be honest, yeah, it it really did. Let's uh, it, we I mean, we'll come gotta, we'll come back to that. That's kind of but yeah, I mean, I I mean, yeah, I'm with well, you. Well, it was on top of my head, but um, the Vikings are down thirty-two nothing at halftime. To the Indianapolis Colts, which is already a surprise. And I've already been saying this whole time that the Vikings are a little bit of pretenders. I mean, they're 10 and 2, and they're, no, they're 10 and, what, 10 and 3, and their point differential was minus 2 or something. Mm-hmm. Like, they're getting outscored on the season, and they're 10 and 3. Somehow, they're, I think something wasn't matching up. And so when the when Indianapolis came out, they go up 32 nothing. I'm like, told you. I mean, they have a point differential of minus 34. At that which is side. insane. In, in, in this season? far into the season, there's no way. And so I'm kind of like, it was kind of like inside view on the TV at this point because it was done. And so just slowly, but surely it's like, well, you know, they get this back and they score again, they score again. And it just started happening. And it was one of those like runaway train situations where you're like, it can't be stopped. It's just going to keep on going and going and going. Greatest comeback of all time. Uh, The only other comeback I can remember like this is when the Buffalo Bills came back in the I think it was the AFC Divisional game. Mm-hmm. Uh, their Divisional playoff game way back when Frank Reich was this quarterback. But this was one of the, what is like when you see this, is it the greatest comeback or the greatest collapse? It's got to be the greatest collapse. It's an unbelievable or they, comeback. Or they won in the same. I, I, I think it's a little bit of both. I don't know. That game just kind of, I think, changes both of their seasons. I mean, they, or I mean, like it kind of solidifies. I think Minnesota now, I think they really do realize that they can, if they can come back from that, they can do anything. Uh, Indianapolis, I think it seals the fate of coaches yeah. and players. I mean, that's just one of those losses you can't have. I think the craziest thing in that whole comeback, though, is in the middle of it, I think it was 21 to 33, and uh, they're driving down again, and and then uh, he throws an interception. Yeah. And then at that point, you're like, okay, this has got to stop. And yet they still three and outed him and kept it going. Like usually that interception late third quarter, you'd think, okay, that that's it. But they what an unbelievable comeback. But like Minnesota has some of those. Like, do you remember that the was it against the Saints? The the to go to the playoffs or or it was in the playoffs or whatever like, like that unbelievable yep. no time left pass. Uh, yep. I mean they've just had some of those plays and those comebacks where you know that that's incredible. As players, when something like that happens, especially this deep in the season, you're like, oh maybe maybe this is our year. Like, yeah, things keep on happening. I remember feeling this way back in 07 when I was on um, Green Bay and we went 13 and three. It was one of those things where it's like we'd win in overtime, we'd we gonna win here, and it just started feeling like, oh my god, this this is our year. Yeah. Turn, turned out we lost the NFC championship in overtime, but it just it had that feeling the whole time. But Jeff Saturday, could you fire an interim head coach? <laughs> <laughs> like like co- coaches get fired, players get cut for for losses like this. 
there was a lot of uh, hemming and hawing when he got hired to begin with. Uh, this, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I guess you could say, well, it wasn't my team the whole year, but yeah, that's. I mean, it's yeah. a historic collapse. Yeah, you, you can't you can't lose a game when you're up by that much. I've been part of some comebacks before, like way back in the day. I had a, a, in college, we had a game where we scored 14 points in like 12 seconds. Like in, in Canada, you can advance an on, when we were down by like 12, you can advance an onside kick. So we scored, and then we hit the onside kick. kick the guy caught on the run and scored again, like to win the game. Wow, which is like crazy. Um, but I, I just like, even, even like when you think back like to minor sports, like playing up at, growing up as kids and high school. Everything, I never, I've never seen a collapse like this in my life. No, like it, it is absolutely crazy, and it was a pretty wild week. Of football. There's three yeah. teams that came back from 17 down. Yep. And so I'm going to move on to the Raiders game. Raiders-Patriots. The game is tied. A few seconds left. You're on your own 40. You run an inside draw. Give up 20. You go down. You go to overtime. Or you can turn <laughs> around and try to flip it to your buddy. He can turn around and throw the ball right back to the point where the pull play started. And they can score a touchdown. If I didn't know better... I would call this point shaving. This is why there's conspiracy theorists in the NFL being like, oh, it's all rigged, it's all rigged, because of plays like this. And I want to bring, is this, is this the worst play of all time? I, I don't know. I can't think of many that are worse. That That is absolutely insane. I mean, I we've talked about, you know, coaches going forward in weird situations yep. or, you know, going for a two-point conversion to win that doesn't get, like, this, the <clears throat> game is tied. You're not yep. down. That See, is only, so dumb. The only thing I can possibly think of is that a, one of those players thought they were down by a point and not tied. <laughs> That's the only situation. When you're down, it's the last play of the game, they would say, don't go down with the ball in your hands. All you have to do, it doesn't matter if the other team scores a touchdown. We would have already lost. It doesn't matter. You just do whatever you can to keep the play alive. If we have to go backwards 80 yards before we get some forward progress, that is fine. And that's what this looked like they were trying to do. But this was not a called play. Nothing about this was a called play. This is an absolutely exactly what you do in this situation. You run an inside draw. It, it was actually a great play. Gets 20 yards or something like that. And then players on their own just trying to do too much. And also the craziest thing is, is this didn't happen on Jeff Saturday's team. This happened on Bill Belichick's team. Which, if it was anyone else, you'd be like, well, there goes that coach's job. Absolutely. It, and it's like, it, like he has those players trained for, he only takes players with high football IQ. And this was the lowest football IQ on-field decision I've ever seen in my entire life, can, including like peewee football. Yeah. <laughs> can you like imagine? Having to have a conversation with Bill Belichick after doing that, I, I wouldn't sleep for until that conversation happened, and I probably like he's sleep already after that conversation happened. Probably one of the most intimidating coaches like that you'd ever want to get reamed by, but to realize that you're going to have to face him after doing that and costing the the win, I God, that would be scary. It, it was it was the most mind blowing thing I've ever seen in my life to be honest, on a football field. Like it was. Insane. And then also, did you see that guy who he had a five bet parlay and that win gave him $2.8 million? No. Oh yes. my so God. So there's this guy that needed, to, he had his first four on his parlay. He had bet like 31 grand or something. It was, a, it was a big bet. And all he needed was for Oakland to, or for um, Las Vegas to win. And they have video of him just losing his mind. 
Do you do you after that happens? Do you just if I mean do you just go into the locker room and pack your stuff up and and leave and don't don't even get on yeah. the team bus? Do you just say I'll get myself home? Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll show myself the door. Thank you. There, there's a story about uh, Trey Junkin who played in the NFL for like 18 years, a long snapper, one of the greatest long snappers of all time. His last play in the NFL was a bad uh, field goal snap in a playoff game that went over his head or something, and they, they you know, end up throwing it away, and they lost the game, and he didn't get on the airplane. <laughs> it's like, that's it. It's a career. Just, I'm you know, done. Straight, yeah, well, it was a lot, great guy. I, he, play, I, I, he coached against me when I played in the CFL, um, and he was, just, I guess he was just like, deuces, straight to the bar, like, <laughs> see you never. <laughs> that, that sounds about right. You know, that, that's rough. I mean, when you, the guys that support you, when you can't even face them, it's, uh, I mean, it's a terrible Terrible feeling. I can't. Well, I can't imagine because this probably happened to me before. But I don't know. It's but so funny anyways. too when you when you when you have plays like that. Like there are teams where you know you, you everyone comes around. I'll oh, get your head up. Don't worry about yeah. it. You, it's okay. That's one where you, people are like, "What are you doing?" Even your own teammates don't want to look at you. <laughs> oh my god! Well, when when I watch football and I see a guy drop a ball. Or if a guy missed interception or something, like that, that guy make a bad like a bad uh, bad throw. I don't get mad because I know as a player, I've never gone on the field being like I'm going to hit a shitty punt here. Yeah, yep. I'm going to really shake this. A receiver's never gone on the field being like I'm going to drop this. I'm going to do this. I get mad when people make mental mistakes. That's what bothers me. Mm-hmm. Pre snap penalties, uh, guys that miss assignments, guys that turn around and toss the ball to their buddy for no reason. Those are the things that as a fan now I get mad about. The other stuff. It's just human error. It's just like that guy's trying to do his best, but sometimes I see fans get even more mad at those situations. But as a player, I'm telling you, no one has ever gone on the football field before in the NFL and said, I'm going to screw this up. Yeah, for sure. So I was watching this game at party number three of the weekend at our friend's house, and they had two TVs on. They're all big Chargers fans. So they need the Chargers to win and the Raiders to win to keep like the playoff hopes alive. Mm-hmm. Both games, I think, were tied at the time. Yep. The Chargers win, literally, like, yeah, yeah, we turn our head, three seconds later, all of a sudden, the Raiders are winning. Like, it was just like, they were, like, in heaven for, like, five minutes, just, like, cheering, jumping around. So, I mean, I didn't really care about the outcome of either of those games, but it was fun to uh, be around people that cared about that much. All right, Greg, before Christmas, I think we've talked about this on the show many times before. I think for our new listeners, we have to talk about it again. It's that time of year, our favorite Christmas movies. First of all, hold on, Greg. Die Hard, a Christmas movie. I We've done this before. Ah. I know, but Greg, Greg, I was going to be honest with you. I had never watched it before. <laughs> I watched you it haven't? last. No, I watched it last week because my buddy was coming to town, and, he, and I was like, I, it's his favorite movie. I'm like, okay, i got to watch this before he gets here. Just throw him a bone. It's not a Christmas movie. It's. I think it's the only reason it gets thrown in that list is for dads who don't want to watch a Christmas movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like it's a Christmas movie, just we like uh, watch- tra- Trading Places, a Christmas movie. Ooh, okay, we watched that the other night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, not a Christmas movie. No, although very, it's around Christmas time. Very funny movie. Um, on the politically correct culture that we live in right now, 
does not hold up. <laughs> well, as we we watched that up. we watched that at your house on outside, and it was the I think one of the funniest things is for anyone who hasn't seen that is I mean movies from the eighties comedies especially like my god dude they are not okay now. It's every eighties movie. Some point in the middle of the movie, there's just there's female topless women for no reason. No reason. It's like oh, this you're in an eighties movie. Sorry, you got to take off your shirt now and just run around for a few seconds. Dude, it's like every movie. There's there's blatant racism. There's oh, uh, there was yeah. there they, they they dropped the n word in this movie. They used the real f word a couple times. Not the yep. four letter f word. The the real f word. Yep. And it was just it was it was jarring. But at the roots of it, it's still a very good movie. Yeah, and that's the the thing that's hard too is because we uh, there was someone there who was younger who hadn't seen it, and it was almost like, yeah, movies back in the eighties, uh, it was a different yeah. time. You kind of have Our, to like warn them because if they haven't seen stuff like that, it is it, it can be just from the time we live in now to what that what was you know what what movies were like then. They're wildly different. Yeah, that's a good point because our friend's granddaughter was there, and she was born like like two thousand five, like she's mm-hmm. like seventeen. So what she's seen in her lifetime is, thankfully, a bit of a cleanup on on some of the stuff that was so easily put into movies back in the day. I Even- still think my favorite thing though was telling her like it, like who Eddie Murphy was, and I was like, "That's the voice of the donkey from Shrek," and she's like, "Oh, I know him." Yeah. Oh, like. Sarah was talking about uh, George Clooney or something the other day. I mean, this is a couple months ago, maybe. And I was like, oh, the guy from the Facts of Life? Facts of Life? She's like, yeah, John, since you watched him in the 80s, he's done a ton more stuff, you know. He's not just from the, the side guy from the Facts of Life. Like, is he or is he not in the Facts of Life, okay? Yeah. he was. So I will definitely say, we watched Elf last night, as I said. And kind of this week is when I kind of zone in on my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. You got to watch Christmas Vacation. You got to yep. watch Christmas Story. You got to watch Home Alone. Yes. Those are the three that's like, it's not Christmas. Like, I can't put away my Christmas tree until I've watched those three movies. I'm with you. Do you have any others? What, like, what, now that you have two kids, what, also, have you seen the new TV show that Santa Claus is? We started to watch it. it which is really funny because that's like, that movie kind of came out when I was. I mean, I was probably 13. I think it was about th- almost 30 years ago it came out. I guess uh, 29 years ago. But at the time, I was like, I love this movie. Maybe I'm getting a little too old for it. And then I now, 29 years later, I still love it. It still holds up. And now it's like a continuation. The same actors, it's a continuation of that. That's really cool. Because now it's like so, going into your kid's generation. So one of the things that I hate about that, though, is uh, it, one of my daughter's favorite movies is, I think it's the Santa Claus two or three the one with martin short where he's that's the part ice. three and that's awful yeah and she loves it she watches it constantly i'm like really? oh god it's so bad it's rough uh so movies that they like um the animated grinch is they oh, like yeah. that it's not bad i well, that one the, the, okay. the new one or the old one the new the new okay okay i uh, watched that a little it's okay the original little, the Grinch more friendly yeah, the Grinch with Jim Carrey. I or that I like that that one. I can watch. Um, I'm trying to think. Some of the new ones. I think we talked about this last year. The one that uh, with Christopher Russ. What's his name? Uh, on Netflix. Oh yeah, Christmas Chronicles or, or whatever. Yeah. That, that one's pretty good. I like that one. Um, okay. But there's always okay. we've watched a lot of uh, Hallmark kind of Christmas every year. There now, especially with Netflix, there's like seven more. Uh, oh my god! 
big town like, big town person goes to small town <laughs> because mother died or or father died inherit something and then they fall in love and just remember yeah. what small town world is like every single one it's not you're not in manhattan anymore it's you're in yeah. georgetown kentucky yep well i don't want to be here meet cute guy across the room wink wink it, it, it keeps on going he may or may not own a Christmas tree farm, but he probably does. <laughs> and or bakery that only cooks Christmas trees or um, a fruitcake factory. It's one of those three things is what they own. And, and then, then they, they start to then they start to settle in life and in love. But then something from the from the big town comes back in to bring them yep. back to reality of like, hey, you're going to have to make a decision between big town life and your yeah. new little town life. But what's she going to choose? Or what's she going to choose? <laughs> I like it though in Hallmark movies like that like that like downer or that like confrontational scene it's like two minutes of the movie and it's resolved and then they live happily ever after every time every time every time I like it well uh, you know we, we kind of got through our topics we've been putting this off but we're going to talk about your 7-7 Seattle Seahawks so going into the game last Sunday they had a 7-5 a record mm-hmm. so this was really a turning point they had two big games in five days a very winnable game against Carolina. And then, it, as it turns out, a very winnable game when Jimmy Garoppolo goes down. And now they're on like their third quarterback coming home on a short week. So that Carolina game, it, just, it, never, it never felt right. Things were never really going the right way. Then in the fourth quarter, when they ran the ball, I'm not talking about the right game. Now I'm all mixed up. We talked about so many games. <laughs> When they, they have the ball and they're running, like fourth quarter, we see the ball back and they just abuse us. Mm-hmm. Like, an, like, I don't know how many minute drive it was, but it was run play after run play after run play. I think there's one swing pass in there somewhere that was, it's basically a run play all the way down, pounding our defense. It's like a bowling ball going through our D line. They score a touchdown. Like, okay, we're okay. It's still not over. We get the ball back. We go three and out. Mm hmm. Punt the ball back, and they do it again, mm-hmm. and that's the game. Like it, was, it, it felt so because it was like they, that's the first time in a while I'm like they just owned us. A team that's not as good as us just owned us. They just said, "Nope, this the game's over. We're gonna hold the ball for ten or eleven minutes in the fourth quarter, and there's nothing you can do about it. And there's nothing we did about it." Now, and I think the reality is the consistent holes are the things that we've talked about throughout the season, uh, especially with some of these, you know, well, I, I wouldn't say Carolina, but with uh, San Francisco and next week with the Chiefs, like I, I, I think the defense is been, you know, it, minus a three game stint. It's been a problem all year. Um, what kept us in the game was the offense and Geno Smith and the efficiency. And for the last couple of weeks, it's weird. It, it, it's uh, Geno Smith seems to be forcing things a bit. It doesn't seem to be as fluid of an offense as it was. And you put those two things together and, you know, it's a tough you're not going to win many football games uh, when when we can't stop anybody. And then on offense, we're not being as efficient as we were. Yeah, it was really, you know, you get to week 13 or, or week 14, 13th game, and all of a sudden you're like, this team has an identity crisis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, are, we, are, we, are we running gunning through, through uh, Geno? Uh, are we, you know, are we a, a run team, a pass team? What, what, what's going on? Uh, the, the, 
and then we're a team that stops the run, and that's the identity they want, I think. And it looked good for a few weeks there, and then it just looked they just looked tired. And yeah. Here's the thing: this time of year is usually when Pete's teams don't look tired. They they look they, fresh because the way Pete does it is come like around Thanksgiving. We do every practice a walkthrough or a jog. It's more of a jog through, run through, but it's it's not padded. There's no more padded practices. Um, there's no more really. The, the receivers and the quarterbacks do full speed to keep their timing right. Everyone else is in, in walkthrough mode. Every practice. No other team does that that I've ever heard of. And Pete does that starting around Thanksgiving and for the rest of the year. So usually when we step on the field back in the day, in week 15, 16, 17, the other team couldn't play with us because they couldn't keep up with us. That's, that's crazy. Not, I didn't. I didn't know that. That that, and it makes sense, especially with you know, for as many years and as many deep playoff runs as you had to to keep as fresh as you can. I mean, that's really smart. Yeah, I mean, we're talking. Everyone's in running shoes, not even in cleats, except for the except for the receivers and DBs. And it just on that on that fourth quarter in that Carolina game, I was like, they just look tired. They look tired out there, and the worst case scenario happened where your team looks tired now they play four days later yeah and, and against a team that is uh minus a quarter well and they may have now found another quarterback who actually looked pretty oh darn good God. mr irrelevant you don't mr. hear much irrelevant. about all of a sudden he's starting for the 49ers yeah. the team that's leading the division and he looks he looks good he looks poised um for, they're uh, tough comes his second start of his career mr irrelevant the last pick in the draft Second star of his career, coming in a primetime game Thursday night on a short week, and the worst possible place ever to have to do that is Seattle. Mm-hmm. I was like, I would bet my house that they're going to win this game, the Seahawks. I, I was uh, with you. I thought everything set up, especially with that home field advantage of uh, and, and fans that are in it, and you know, we know how big of a game it is. I mean, that that's just going to be as loud as that place gets. And man, he 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 looked good. He did. It was like, I can't. I just look here. It's like he, he didn't pass for 500 yards or anything, but he was very efficient. Mm-hmm. 17 to 26, 217, two pass touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, McCaffrey looked good. Christian He's a McCaffrey. beast. Yep. Have you watched his uh, girlfriend's reality show? No. Who's his girlfriend? Culpo. Culpo. You know my with names. That's supermodel or model. Okay. No. Olivia Culpo. Culpo. I'm saying it wrong, Greg. <laughs> Damn, I wish you knew who it was so you could correct me on this. I'm sorry. Her and her sisters have a reality show. And I was like, oh, I'll check it out because I know I know her through – not personally. I, I know her because she's dating Christian McCaffrey. Um, and it's awful. It's really hard to watch. It's, I, mean, I believe it's on TLC. Uh, watch an episode and then and then throw out your TV because you won't watch the second one. But oh, okay. anyways, he, he looked good. That's a great pickup for that team. It is. They're a really tough team, and they honestly were a quarterback away, and they may have, you know, that may have found him. And once again, my number, as always, completions and rushing attempts, 51 mm-hmm. for San Francisco, and I believe it was like 40, 45. It's a stat that almost always holds up. It's really crazy. I, I think um, the reality is is that the youth, the you know, we have we have a lot of young guys, we have a lot of rookies, we have uh you know, we haven't had very many ugly games this year. I mean, they've been right there. Uh and I think I, I, 
you know, we we're not out of the playoffs. We still have a chance to make the playoffs. Uh, it, it's going to be really tough to do it. But if if they, you know, they win two out of the next three, they have a shot at making it. Um, I I am really excited for next season. I think that we can see what the weaknesses are. A couple of peak pickups on defense, and this team is right there, like ready to compete. And let's also talk about the Denver Broncos. I mean, unfortunately, unfortunately for us, they won last week. But they keep dude, on that's losing. That's even worse. That's even that, dude, he, that guy can't get a break. It's so bad. I know, I know, right? Like when you when you're having a tough year, a really tough year, like uh, Russell Wilson is, and then your backup quarterback comes in and wins you the game. It's like, oh, it's, I know, I know, Russ's a good guy, but still in the back of his head, he's got to be like, damn it. There's there's got to be he's got to be like just please don't win yeah please don't just win don't. I don't want to root against my new team but you can't come in and and win <laughs> but the the more they lose that 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 the the, the the trade just keeps on looking worse and worse right now because I think right now we're another top ten pick yeah if they keep on tanking the way they are yeah uh, so as you said like could potentially get two really good players in the first round. Uh, I think John will probably get one really good player and then trade the other pick for like three second round picks, two third round picks, and a seventh round pick like he usually does. I, yeah. don't, I don't know if they want. He went through one time their whole their whole philosophy on how they draft because for so many years in a row they kept on trading that first pick. And he said they don't rank, they don't take all the players in the draft, which most teams do. They take every player in the draft, rank them one to 500 or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever the number is. And then when their player comes up, they take them. He doesn't do it like that. He grades out players. So you go, that guy's a first-round pick. That guy's a second-round pick. That guy's a third-round pick. And that's how they grade him. So some years, there might be three guys that he thinks are first-round caliber. So if their pick comes up and those three guys are gone, well, he knows there's a bunch of third-round picks that are undervalued. He'll trade it for all those third-round picks and then pick up the players that no one else would want until later, earlier. Or vice versa, what I just said. But it's really it's a fascinating way to put it. So... He, just he, how do they do that? And you know, if he has a draft year, whether it's he, he considers there's seventy guys that are third round picks, he's just going to trade for those third round picks and take advantage of that. Yeah, and and I'm excited to see what they do with the draft. Do you think that they draft a quarterback? Oh God, I think it depends on who's available. Another another story for John. One time, they uh, when we, we Russell Wilson was obviously our starting quarterback. I was with John back in Green Bay. Russell Wilson was a starting quarterback, and he some guy was coming out of the draft, I forget who it was, that was like going to go in the top five or something. And we had a pick, or I think our pick was like 31st or 32nd. It was after like a, a Super Bowl year. And he went to the, he went to the, pro, to the workout to work him out. And people are like, what? Like, this is insulting to Russ. This is how, like, how, like, why are you going to look at a guy that's probably going to go in the top five when we don't have, have a pick until 32nd? Is he trying to trade up? Trying to this? He goes, you know what? Back in 2003, we had a quarterback by the name of Brett Favre, okay? There was a kid coming out of the draft named Aaron Rodgers, who everyone thought was going to go in the top 10. He's sitting in the green room, and we didn't pick the 24. Well, we obviously, we scouted him out, even though we knew we weren't going to have him, and lo and behold, he falls to the 20, whatever it was, the 17th, 20, whatever it was. Yeah. He falls, and of course we're going to take him. We don't need a quarterback at this time. We know he's going to sit on the bench, but we have what we consider probably one of the top five players in the draft fall into our lap. That's, so thank yeah. God we did we did scout him and we do know what he has even though it looked like there was no chance we were going to get him and now twenty years later look who is still laughing yeah well I I, I think that uh, you know we we have a couple of games left 
it's you know if we get like i said win, i think if we win two out of three we make the playoffs if we don't i don't think that we do and then you know it, it's, it's well, a couple of weeks to figure out how this season's gonna end here's the thing is obviously terrible situation on on christmas eve we're going to kc which i don't think anyone wants to go into kc nope. <laughs> right now um but who knows you know it could be cold something could you know it, we could you know shock the world but the big opportunity is two games back to back at home to end the season the jets and the Rams, mm-hmm. two very winnable games, and we we finish off at what's that? Finish off a uh, nine and eight if we lose to KC, nine and eight. Yep. And it, there's still a ch- there's you're saying there's a chance. You're saying there's a chance. So we're not we're not done yet, people. I mean, if you're a gambler, I wouldn't exactly bet bet on the Seahawks this week. They could cover though, minus ten. They could cover. But uh, I, I really like those last two games as possible wins, and then you know see what happens. Absolutely, and I think the I, I if they can do that, I, the only one that gets me is that Carolina. That that's the game you can't lose. If we win that, I think we're making the playoffs for sure. Yeah, um, I think when but, we look back on the year, we're gonna really we're gonna talk about that game. That's that's the one that that really hurts, and I think kind of it, you know really made the playoffs a, a bigger uh, stretch. Um, but let's see, you know, one thing that, that Pete does, they've had extra time. The game was on Thursday, so they've got some extra days to game yep. plan. Um, and you know, let, let's see if we can go out and, and shock Kansas city. If they can do that, then they're right back in it. It'd be a nice, uh, nice Christmas gift. Absolutely well, would. Greg, Merry Christmas to you and to Merry all our Christmas. listeners. Yep. Thanks for tuning in. And we'll be back next week. Anything else you want to say, Gregory? Merry Christmas and uh, go Hawks. Christmas, Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, everything. (laughs) 